Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So it's uh, all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hi villains and welcome to For the Love of Pomegranate podcast for a post-match final whistle show where Aston Villa have defeated Hibs 5-0 in the first of our what we hope is an absolute European odyssey um, that takes us all the way to the final and to win the bloody trophy at the end of it because um, that was a really enjoyable game to watch. I think Villa went there, they imposed, uh, they imposed their way upon the game very, very early. Um, I was, I must say I was I was a bit disappointed with the way the Hibs showed up. Um, they were good for ten minutes, and then after that, they were they were quite poor. Um, I I look, I know we've been slagging and joking about uh, Lee Johnson before the game, but uh, this was really just like a poor managerial performance. He put them out there in the structure, and they didn't look like they knew what to do out of the structure at all. Uh, Hibs and the second Villa, um, came at them, and the second Villa, um were able to kind of get their foot in the ball, pass it around, uh, figure them out. So the first 10 minutes was definitely a figuring out phase for Aston Villa. They figured them out, um, be able to play that ball, got, got it, uh, into a situation so they could play that ball into the middle of midfield, as I've been calling out all the time. Got into that W formation up top, got the ball out to Luca Dean, and Luca Dean, once again, at the, like at the weekend, he had the freedom of the park out there, and he was absolutely outstanding out there as well. Uh, Paddy's joined. I'm going to get him to pop in here. Paddy, how goes it? Can you hear me? Doesn't look like Paddy can hear me. I don't know. Can everybody else hear me here? I'm going to remove Paddy there just for a moment just to, to make sure um, that he gets everything sorted out. But, uh, yeah, I think everybody here can hear me. I think everyone can hear me. No one's told me that they can't hear me so far anyway. So, um, yeah, so Villa 5... Uh, we hear you. There you go. Thanks very much, Captain Nugget. Yeah, so Villa 5, Hibs nil. Um, yeah, I can see them here. They're dismantling the goals already. I'm going to keep... I've got, I've got the, the game on here in BBC Scotland. If there is any... Um, if there is any... Uh, interviews, we're doing IMRI afterwards. I'm going to turn it on here and I'm going to listen to it because uh, I've been caught out too many times in post-match interviews where Unai has said something about maybe an injury or something like that. But thankfully, we didn't have anybody that went down um, and looked, uh, well, nobody that looked injured anyway today uh, in the game. But some really, really good performances out there. Um, like Ollie Watkins obviously gets his hat-trick, second hat-trick uh, in Villa Colours. Um, first one being against Liverpool in the 7-2. Um uh, I'd be honest with you. I didn't even I didn't even notice Paul Torres in the field at all today. Not once. Genuinely did not notice him on the field at all. I've got this the, the team sheet up and I went. Don't don't remember Paul Torres doing anything in that game, which is always a great sign as well. Uh, Leon Bailey with a goal. I uh, I put up on Twitter. I said um, 
I put up on Twitter and I said, I lived long enough to see Leon Bailey score a header for Aston Villa um, because it's just something that you never think you're going to see. Uh, and that was actually something that was really interesting from Villa today. Um, their first three goals were all headers, you know, so it's uh, obviously an area they felt that they could uh, they could exploit. Luca Dean, as I say, is pinging in balls at the moment. Absolute beauties um, in, into the box. He, it's it's going to be difficult to sell him, guys. It's going to be difficult to sell him because he's played arguably his best two games in Aston Villa shirt over the last two weeks. And uh, yes, the opposition have been poor uh, in both games, but that left foot is a howitzer. You know, the way that he can put that into the, put those crosses into the box. And I said it uh, at the Everton game as well. I said that, you know, the crosses were like caramel going into the box. And it made me think if we had that that severe striker that I can never pronounce his name, who apparently is available for 20, 25 million. If we had him inside in the box, he would have scored for fun, both tonight and against Everton. Um, but Ollie Watkins scored for fun as well. He had four goals and arguably could have had, or sorry, three goals and arguably could have had four um, four goals. Uh, but a hat-trick man tonight. I, I, I think he played really well. Bailey, I was mentioning there as well. Bailey got a header. thought Bailey played well. I thought he looked confident and thought he looked, he looked greedy out there, which is something I wanted to see. I wanted to see his confidence uh, spew out onto the field. Douglas Louise is just a beauty of a player. Just a beautiful player. What... Um, what a metronome. Like genuinely, when you when you see midfield players go for 100, 115 million, I'm not saying that Douglas Louise is gonna is gonna be sold. I'm not saying, but like if Aston Villa don't get 70 plus for Douglas Louise, he just does everything very well. You know, he's it's so so assured. There were there were times in the game today where I thought that Bubakar Kamara at times looked like he was disinterested, but then I kind of had you know it was different because I think I, I think that he was ma- he was pushing up into midfield a small bit more, um, kind of like we did we played against Newcastle and he wasn't playing that central pivot six as much. Now he was back. I think he was covering for Kanza. He was he was favouring Kanza's side. So I give him a pass on that. I think he was kind of maybe doing two jobs, but no, there's very very little to be disappointed about in that game today for sure. There's very little to to be worried about. There was very little to be over the moon excited about. But I think all in all. You know, we've ticked all the boxes we needed there. Next week is going to be, um, should be routine and be interesting to see who we play next week or what, what the team is next week. But, you know, a lot of those players were walking after 60 minutes because they knew they could take the foot off the gas for uh, Burnley at the weekend. Um, Paddy, can you hear me, Paddy? Paddy still can't hear me, no? Still I can hear you. Paddy. Yeah. Can you okay. I can, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Are you a bit delayed? All right, perfect. I think you might be a bit delayed, though. Let's see. If you can hear I me. Oh, I can't see myself on screen anyway, so I don't know what's going on. All right. Okay, on the screen. Well, I, yeah, I can see you on the screen. If you can hear me and you're not delayed, tell me what the score was. 5-0. Ah, well, it's not that delayed. It's fine. I'll give you a pass on that one. How are you feeling, Paddy? Oh, look, I'm happy. It's it's not. It's it's it was no by no means a complete performance. There was a couple of uh, couple of mistakes and a couple of laboured uh, players in there. But uh, I, I have a different reaction now to how we play next Thursday because I think we play our, our first team again and let them get up to speed on, on how things are going. And um, because I think we need more minutes on the pitch as Unai Emery likes it, so I wouldn't be putting any of the young lads out there. I'd keep it just the way it was and and let let's get this system working as uh, eloquently as possible, let's put it that way. 
Yeah, I, I um, John McGinn has just been interviewed here now uh, for BBC Scotland. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I can't understand what he's saying. It's too low. Um, uh, Douglas, do we score penalties again, Paddy? Always good to see. Um, looks like we yeah, have our penalty, taker, our penalty taker until yeah. we don't. <laughs> well, well, that's it. Apparently, him and John McGinn are, have, have been allocated that job now. So, uh, if he, if, whichever one is on the pitch, if Douglas Louise is off the pitch, it'll be John McGinn. So, look, he took it well. He, um, there's, there's very little we can complain about here. There's a couple of things at the, at, the start, at the start. They went, they went for a bald headed, and we were just, we were, we were a bit flat footed. And then straight after half time, um, um, Olsen never came for a ball and it invited a lot of pressure mm-hmm. on us and they got corners and stuff afterwards. Other than that, there was very, very little you you, you have to worry about. Um, there was a couple of players very quiet. I still think Bubakar Kamara is a bit off the pace. He's, he just looks so relaxed. Before, too relaxed. Yeah. You know, um, and, and here, here we are again talking about him again. But uh, I, I just I just hope we wake up and... and uh, you know, there's, there's, you're not going to get that time on the ball when when you're playing uh, a rough and tumble in in Burnley now on uh, on Sunday or Liverpool the following week. So he needs to get up to the pace of the game, and that's what I'm saying to you about uh, about playing the first team next week again because it, it it can act as a practice game because there's no way there's no way Hibs are coming to give us a rattle next Thursday. They'll be coming to see out the fixture and play a bit of ball and enjoy the occasion. Yeah, I, I mentioned as well there, Paddy, before you popped on. Like, I, I actually, I genuinely don't remember Pau Torres touching the ball. I, I could not. Yeah. There was no. Didn't, didn't have a whole time to do. There was, there was yeah. nothing and in uh, descriptive he did in the game, which is good. I'm not complaining about it. Yeah. I'm saying that's how easy the game was for Villa. Exactly, and I, I don't mean to bail in on Camaro. I could easily say the same thing about the Abbey, and very little involvement in the game. And when he did, his touch looked off. So. uh it's um, there's a lot to work on, but you know who are we to complain after going out and getting a five nil win and effectively putting us into the the knockouts or the the group stages, let's say, and uh, yeah. yeah, I think I, I don't think we're anybody is in any doubt that we've got European football to look forward to for the rest of the autumn and winter. Brilliant, yeah, and it's great, great feeling to have it as well, and you know to have it so easily done. I'm just watching Douglas Louise put in a corner here and a flick on from it was Leon. Oh, it wasn't. It was Diego Carlos to flick the ball, and I thought it was Diego for Watkins' second goal. The header at the back post, lovely flick on yeah. from Diego Carlos and Watkins. That was, I think, that looks like from what, what the two angles I saw of it there. That looked like a training ground move because uh, Watkins. I know Watkins usually occupies the centre, but he was very far back in the goals there. And I don't think he was I don't think he was blocked out into that position. I think that was probably a training ground move. Flick on at the near post, someone barreling in at the back post, and Watkins was there to stoop and put it in the back of the net. A hat trick again for him, Paddy. First one since uh since Liverpool 7 2. Liverpool, yeah. Um delighted for him. I said it said it in the team sheet tantrum that it'd be great to get him off the mark. He now has a bit of fire in his belly now to, to, to go into the season and hopefully that will be his his uh kick start like to be uh to be heading out of Oct- or or maybe um maybe uh he's got another couple before the end of of uh of August but to have three goals at this stage of the season I think it's great and you know yeah. I'd love to see him going at 20 goals this season regardless of who we sign but uh yeah it's it, it was uh it was a good day at the office for him absolutely but um yeah, happy enough for him. 
Mm. A couple of people saying Powell was really good today and Powell had loads of the ball. I, I know he had loads of the ball. I just, I don't remember him doing anything brilliant, which was great. It's, it's a positive. No, I'm saying that's how easy it was for us. Yeah. It wasn't criticism about Darius at all, at all, at all. I'm just saying that, you know, uh, like it was, it, it was very easy going. It was like they, they were, um, they were just like, he was able to just hold on to the ball all day long back there as long as he wanted it but what I'm saying is that he didn't do anything descriptating that really blew my mind because he had all the time in the world and it was great it's fantastic um, that's the way mm. I wanted to, wanted to see it but like also it, it, it you know Luke Dean was there to be able to pl- be able to plow forward as much as he wanted he just had the freedom down there the freedom of the, of the park Miller had, couldn't lay a glove on him down there down that side and uh, three uh, like Ollie Watkins even though he got a hat trick I think, I think Luke Dean was man of the match for me today Paddy Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think I think I tweeted at one stage that he has to stay. Um, a lot of people talking about his wages and, and whatever, but when you've got that quality to play, I think we're going to have to pay those wages to compete with the, the big boys. So if that means keeping him on those wages and bringing in more on those wages, we're going to have to work something with FFP to, to make this work because um, I, I, I just think that the Acuna one has gone a bit cold. So we can't, we can't start the season with only one left back and I still think we need a right back so um, I'd keep him there absolutely keep him there I just can't believe that they're in talks to put him on loan it just doesn't make any sense to me but uh, he, he was immense at the weekend he was immense against today against I know, I know the opposition wasn't great both at the weekend and today but we will need horses for courses and if he's going to come on yeah. against Whoever, whoever in the in the conference league, and absolutely destroyed him and take the pressure off us in the big games. Well, I say keep it that way. Yeah, just watching the third goal there, Leon Bailey's goal. They were just showing it there, and lads, I'm telling you, look at the tweet I put out earlier on today. It's absolute textbook. The ball comes to Bailey, plays it inside to John McGinn. We're completely and utterly set because Dina's high on the left hand side. Ball goes out to Dina, clips one into the back post. Should see the run that Bailey makes. Bailey busts his absolute gut to get into the back post. The Abbey run on one side, Watkins going towards the front post, the Abbey going central, and it lands on Leon Bailey's head at the back post. That's not by mistake. The shape work that these guys must do to be able to perfect that um, that that kind of ragged W in in in, in the attacking formation is uh, like it's just watch that goal. It's beautiful. That is beautiful, and that will catch Premier League teams. It's difficult to defend if you get it right. If you get it as right as we got it there, it's very difficult to defend. And you know, you might, everyone might say, "Oh yeah, but someone should have blocked off Bailey's run." Block his run in the box zone. See what a referee does. See what VAR does. Block his run. Go. I dare you. That's a, that's that's the whole beauty of this. It's the whole beauty of the oh. tactic. And do you know what, Paddy? I'm going to go into the small bit here. Do you know who first came up with that tactic? Go for it. Howard Chapman, back in the 19 dickies, in the early days of football. It was a it's a real old tactic. The the WM formation. Look it up. Any of you football historians, look it up. Um, Herbert Chapman. Is it Herbert Chapman? What did I say? Herbert Chapman. You were him? Yeah. It's okay. Herbert, yeah. Sorry. Herbert, yeah. Yeah, I, didn't, I didn't mean to say Herbert. I wasn't sure. Harold Shipman, someone says. No, I don't think Harold Shipman came up with that tactic for sure. I don't think he came up with that tactic for sure. But uh, it's beautiful. Unai Emery is talking now. Unfortunately, I can't really hear him because uh, my completely and utterly legal stream is uh, the, the, the sound is glitching on it here. For BBC Scotland, so I'm, apologies, I can't really hear it, but I'm sure someone will pop it in, the, in into the comments here. Um, what did you make of Bailey tonight, Paddy? Improvements? 
or not. Um, showed signs, but still spending a lot of time sitting on his arse, unfortunately. Like, there was a yeah. few players I thought wore the wrong footwear tonight. Diaby uh, was one, Watkins was one. And Bailey was definitely one. Um, we just you just need to cut that out of his game and get on with it. You know, lying on the floor to get fellas booked. I thought he was coming off again at one stage, and then he jumps up and runs on. I just I just don't get it. Um, you know, it's it, it's it's probably the way he is, and we're not going to change him at this at this stage of his career as much as I'd like to. But I can't imagine that's something that Emery would like him to be doing. So, um, other other than that, I thought look, yeah, you have to consider the opposition that we're playing against. They, they never laid a glove on us. Um, I thought he did okay. You couldn't, uh, you couldn't fault him too much for for what what he did with the ball. Um, Bertie came on. That's no harm to keep Bailey on his toes. Bertie may have come on to go in the shop window. I don't know. Um, didn't do himself any favors taking that extra touch to try and go around the goalkeeper four yards out. But anyway, <laughs> that's life. Um, you're gonna get lads doing that. I thought he should have taken the shot on a bit earlier. Um. Yeah, look, it's 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 very hard to be it's very hard to be critical um, of anything really. Um, Not even the ref, Paddy. What? Could we have a post-match podcast without the ref getting one? The only thing I'd have to criticise the ref for is that he he went out of his way to stop the celebration of Ollie Watkins after getting a hat trick. No one at VAR would have to check it anyway. He should have just left them off. But anyway, that's that's neither here nor there. Smart players. He didn't even have a, a whole pile to do in the game, really. No, um, no. It was a he, he booked, he booked Dean early on. Fair enough, yellow card for me. Bit of a silly mistake to make. Um, yeah, very, very little in it. Very little to 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 concern yourself with what what a referee did anyway. That's for sure. Um, mm. my biggest concern is 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 how we we retreated into ourselves immediately when Emmy Emmy Martinez went off. And and the fact that that ball over the top wasn't contested by by um, by Olsen and look, I I don't know what you're going to do with that man, but he has to be out bossing his box. Ball bounced in the box. He should have been on the end of it, and and it led to a few minutes of pressure. And it was the only few minutes of pressure they had in the game. Um, so he says he wants to sell Torre off after trying to walk the ball in. I actually like it was peak Triori, if you like. Like I wouldn't have expected him to do anything different other than juggle the ball, I suppose, over the goalkeeper. I wouldn't have expected him to do anything different. He's playing a he's playing a different game to everyone else out there, like. Mm. <laughs> he's always been that way. You're not gonna change his game anyway. Mm. Tom says, let's get a hundred likes in ten seconds. Go on, go for it, guys. Ten, nine, eight. I'm not gonna do the countdown. I'm not gonna do the <laughs> countdown. This is uh we we have to be somewhere professional. Um, <laughs> we're, not, we're, not, we're not being negative here. Daniel said we won five oh, nil. Away, and and the most important Who's, thing to come out of this is is the five nil scoreline. And we're hoping that BBC Scotland got so much wrong tonight in their commentary. We're hoping they got it wrong that uh, Emmy Martin has picked up a knock. Um, for me, at the scoreline as it was, bringing on Olsen was probably the right time to do it, yeah. and just hope just hope that it wasn't a knock. Yeah. I yeah I don't I don't think it's anything serious no I don't think it was anything no. serious at all like I don't even I can't even remember when he got a knock like when would he have gotten it? he barely touched the ball <laughs> yeah unless yeah. like and that's the thing that kind of worries me more was it was it a kick out or was it something like that you know hopefully not hopefully, hopefully not. not I'm sure he'll be fine I'm sure he'll be fine um 
Oh, excuse me. Uh, Ezra Khan's out right back, Paddy. Once again, didn't really have a whole pile to do, but I'm begin- like, I'm telling you, my man crush is growing on Ezra Khanza more and more. He just looks like a badass motherfucker that takes no shit from no one back there, and he's going to have a nice shiner on the side of his head to prove it uh, tomorrow <laughs> morning. That looks like a nasty little boxer's lump on the side of the eye, but once again, not a whole pile to do, but being asked to shift out onto that right-hand, right-hand side, albeit knowing that um, Dina was going to be playing 90% of the game in the opposition half. I like once again, fair play to him. You know, he's 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 uh, he's as like he is Mr. Go to in this team at the moment for leadership. I asked who's going to step up in Ming's absence, it, it's slowly but surely falling on Ezra Kanza, and I think he's beginning to like it. Yeah, well, uh, like at, at, uh, at full strength. You're 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 in his situation. You're worrying if you're going to be first choice. So he's going to grab every opportunity that he can actually get. So if he if he's playing at right back, he's going to go out and give everything he has. I'm sure they've worked on it in in training. So um, absolutely no problem with him there tonight. My worry is um, we we saw what what Barnes did to him against Newcastle in that position. So uh, when he was isolated on his own, so. That that is always a worry that he'd be caught for pace or or caught under pressure by a speedy winger, so it's not perfect, but he is a really really good player, and in his natural position he's class, and we, we're we've an embarrassment of riches there if we if we only had Tyrone Mings uh, fully fit, and uh, yeah you can't help but think of someone like Tyrone tonight because it's been uh, it's been a hard slog for him to get us to where we are today. Mm. and not be part of it so uh yeah absolutely thinking of him tonight because you know he 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 deserves to be a part of this as much as everybody else yeah i think so and i think that is very very much so true um anything else you want to go through paddy for the end not not particularly as i said happy enough just just hope there's no major knock to to emmy martinez i'm sure you'll be asked that question but uh fingers crossed all is okay and everybody comes out of it relatively unscathed there tonight so um, that was that was the ultimate worry. We we really can't do with any more uh, with any more injuries. Mm. So let let's let's keep it that way. And uh, onwards and upwards and on to the next one. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to leave it at that, guys, because I'm sure every other podcast is going to be doing a post match pod, and you know, want everybody to be able to watch those and listen to those if they're not already on. Thanks very much, everybody, for watching and listening. I think there was 450 here at one stage. If you could give us a like on the way out, just a little thumbs up, we'd absolutely really appreciate it. Also, uh, audio podcast as well, guys. It's the same podcast, but it's on audio. I'm not even asking you to listen to it again. I'd love if you could just go on and click on the subscribe button there as well. It just kicks us off off in the in the algorithm. I would really, really appreciate it. Um, thanks very much, everybody. It's the first leg of our European adventure uh, done for the sea for uh, for tonight. Uh, we're back here again next week. Next week, uh, except on Thursday uh, when most of you would be in Villa Park anyway. So uh, we'd be I'd be sitting here being all jealous of everybody who's in Villa Park on a European night. Um, and we will also be here before Burnley. We'll be back again tomorrow night. I'd say Paddy with a Burnley preview and. Um, then, uh, yeah, we'll be Team Sheet Tantrum and post-match then for Burnley at the weekend as well. So it's full steam ahead, and I wouldn't have it any other way because I love doing these podcasts. And thank you so much, everybody, for uh, for joining us this evening. Um, that's going to do it, I think. Thanks very much to Aston Villa for a lovely, lovely, entertaining evening. Uh, stay <laughs> safe, stay healthy, everybody. And all that's left to say is up the villa. Up the villa.
Social Podcast Network.